they were the best of friends. I know you better than anybody. I know when you're tripping. What's up? I'm not like you, B. I can't just sit around and dream. Their crew was unstoppable. We just got a $5,000 challenge from some rich kid out of Orange County. Do this again sometime. What's the matter with you? No fight. You just mad. Cause tonight you suckers got served. Tell me last night getting that. How the hell we lose five G's in ten minutes, man? So Rick, the big bounce. That's what's up. Fifty thousand dollars. Yes, man. Just enough money to change our life. Now. Hey. What you doing, Leah? Calm down. So my mama, you ain't getting with my sister. He's playing you, Leah. Now stay away from her. Don't be talking to her like that. If they want their shot. For $50,000. They'll have to come together. You're not gonna win this without David, and you know it. David ain't getting down with my crew no matter what. Wish you the best of luck, alright, bro? We need David, and we need to do it as a team. Look, we don't have David. This is crew against crew, just like we do it on the streets. Are you funny now? But you won't be when we get on the floor. <laughs> it's showtime! I love you. Suck my dick. You're the fucking worst. Yes, sir. Welcome to Recap and Gown, the podcast where four old millennials talk about the high school and college movies from back in the day when we were high school and college students to find out what made the grade and what should have been held back. Representing the class of 03, I am your co-host Crooks. Joining me this week and every week, he sings like an angel and drinks like a fish, the class of 04's own Big Hearn, David Oscar Hernandez. What up, Dave? Not much, man. I got a $50 bill as a gift. You see one of these things? Is that, is that fucking crazy? wild? My grandma's the only person who I think gets $50 bills in this room. She's like, happy birthday. And I'm like, funny thing, I want to spend it. I want to keep it. Put it in framers. Well, happy birthday. Never seen one. Uh, number two, is that, is that Grant on that bill or who's. That's Grant, right? It's U.S. Grant. There you go. Ulysses Simpson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ulysses yes, Simpson. My God. That's a hell of a name. His mom had must have had a very. It is. Delivery. Um. Flying solo in the Lone Star State, this podcast chief sportswear and trivia correspondent from the class of 01, Dana Griffin. What up, Dana? Not much. Oddly enough, uh, Ulysses S. Grant died on my birthday. Like, oh. not like my, in 1983, but like April 27th. I'm pretty uh, sure. Wow. But you, now that but I say it, I feel like I'm wrong. But you're 147, so I guess that does. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I get it. That's, yeah. that's funny. Yeah, you know, yeah. All this Civil War stuff on my birthday was the bloodiest day of the Civil War. Was okay. Gettysburg or which? I think it was Antietam. Antietam. September 17th of 60, 62 or 63. I don't, know, I don't remember man. exactly what, what, what year it was, but more people died on that day in the Civil War than any other. Well, a harbinger. Um, I share yeah. a birthday. <laughs> I share a birthday with Ulysses S. Grant. That's what it is. Oh, he didn't die. That's, that's better. I share a birthday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think yeah. I ever met I knew it was one or the other. 
You guys, this week, uh, we are talking about You Got Served from 2004. Uh, it is available nowhere for free unless you have Spectrum, subscription to Spectrum. Don't know what that is. Dana said it's a cable service. Um, uh-huh. I used to have it. There you go. You can rent it on Prime, Vudu, or Apple TV. Uh, the synopsis via Rotten Tomatoes. David and Elgin helm a talented street dancing crew that engages in dance battles in a Los Angeles warehouse belonging to a local club owner, Mr. Rad. When Orange County rich kid Wade challenges David and Elgin to compete against his dancers for $5,000, they accept. As David and Elgin labor to perfect their moves for the competition, tensions within the crew threaten their chances at success. That's not really what happens. I mean, the the, the battle with Wade's crew is like the first 30 minutes. Yeah. An hour later is when all this shit sure is. Out. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, you have some troubles with that uh, with that explanation there. Yeah, yeah. To, it's very mm. cursory. <laughs> um, Dave, mm. if you could give us a rundown of who is in this movie. Yeah, why not? Uh, let's see. Marcus Houston, Marquez, Marquise, Marcus. I'm, I'm oh, gonna go with Marcus. I he's think he's from a Marcus. Sister, uh, sister. That's all I know. Yeah. He's from he sister, will always sister. be Roger. He's Roger. From sister, sister from well, yeah. he's from Sister yeah. Sister, but before uh, that, I knew him from the uh, 90s R&B group Immature, because he was also an Immature. So there's that. Mm. The original he was B2K, from Sister Sister first. He was in Sister Sister first. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Okay, we don't need to argue. But he's Roger, first and foremost. Elgin Barrett Eugene Smith III, leader of the Little names. Saints. Uh, and... Uh, let's see, Omari Granberry, Omari, mm-hmm. Omarion, Granberry, Omarion. I say. David, he's, he's, he's the co-leader, Elgin's Jarrell, J-Bug Houston as Rico, uh, Demario Rasby Thornton as Vic, uh, let's see, Jennifer Freeman as uh, Laya Smith, that's Elgin's sister. It's pronounced okay. Leah, David. It's, it's spelled Laya for Leah? some reason. Leah? Leah? Yeah, it's Leah, but it's spelled okay. Laya. Um, best character in the whole movie, Mr. Rad, played by Steve Harvey. <laughs> My God. Got a lot to say about that guy. Um, he's just, there's just so much there. Let me tell you something. Who else we got? <laughs> Stuff like that. Uh, let's see. Jack A. Harry plays uh, uh, Elgin's mom. Jack A. Um, is in one scene. For yeah. She's in the stands. She's she, in she, the has, stands. she has like one line of dialogue. Great time. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see, Wade, uh, Wade, the spoiled rich kid who starts his own crew, uh, Christopher Jones, um, Jerome, Young Rome Jones, a lot of Joneses, plays Young Sonny. Jones. He's, he's a guy who, but, yeah, who, uh, who betrays him and joins the other crew just before they're about to go. I'm like, whoa! And I'm like, who gives a shit? <laughs> um, let's see. And then a bunch of people play themselves, a lot of dancers. Um uh, there are some some actors who I recognize. Kevin Federline's a dancer. Uh, oh God, really? Columbus Short, who Where became an actor, he? and he's done a couple other shows. Um, it shows. Um, yeah, he was kicked off a scandal. It was a yeah. scandal. Lil Kim as herself. Lala Anthony. I, I don't know what. I, I if I would have seen this when I came out, I wouldn't know who Wade Robson was. But Wade yeah. Robson. I, I have some thoughts deal. on that. I, I have know. thoughts. I have comments. We'll, 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 talk, we'll save our we'll way talk, talk. Yeah, we'll yeah, save that. I think, I think that's about it. 
Well, there was one more. Um, I can't remember oh. the actor's name. The guy that played Professor Ogletree from the Parkers shows up as the doctor who yes. delivers the bad news. Oh, Dorian Wilson. There you go. Yes. That's the guy. That's the guy. Um, all right, let's quick go around here and give some memories of the first time we saw this. If we have some from before the pod, uh, Dana, let's get started with you. No memories. I literally just finished it an hour ago. Okay. All right. You came in right under the gun. Dave, yeah. what do you... I've never seen it, man. I just... Really? Neither one of you? No. No, it's really not. No. No. Never. No. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, uh, for me... Um, <laughs> I was like right near the peak of my competitive dance career. Um, right near the peak. Boy. Boy. Uh, I, I was in a crew at the time. Um, I was also teaching. Um, uh, okay. I'm, I was teaching b-boying. Most people refer to it as break dancing. If you say that around people that break, they're going to kind of judge you. I was teaching b-boying at this little like dance studio in Iowa City. Um, for little kids, it was a very cute class. Like a lot of like eight, nine-year-old kids. It was very, very sweet. Um, I remember seeing the trailer and like freaking out. I was so pumped for this to come out. But uh, Sex Preamble wouldn't go see it with me in the theater. So the first time I saw it was on DVD the summer after my freshman year of college when I was back home with the crew. Um, we were like super into it and so into it. That I remember us playing back parts of the dance sequences in slow motion to like pick out bits and pieces that we could try to incorporate into oh our stuff. Boy. Um, oh yeah. boy. I mean, we, we picked it up. Like we were, we were pretty good, but yeah, that was, we, I mean, at the time we, I had a very expensive library of like B-Boy battle DVDs and VHS tapes and stuff. So that was a regular thing that we'd always do is like go through and find a little, we wouldn't take the whole thing cause that's called biting. And I'm going to talk about it later on, but we would, we would pick and choose little transitions or, you know, stuff that we could think we could try to, to smooth into our things a little bit. Um, Dana, as an adult on your first time viewing this, did it make the grade or should they've held this back? Okay. Um, oh. If you had told me this was a BET made for TV movie, I'd go, great job. Great job. Well done, BET. This is your foray into yep. making films. Fantastic. The fact this was like a wide released film. I know it was a small, smallish budget. But this was in theaters. Um, no, it could have. It could have been so much better. It could have been so much better. Um, a for effort. F for execution. I think that's fitting, uh, Dave. How about your thoughts? Some some of the dancing was okay. Um, some of it, yeah. I, hey, I like watching people dance. Some, 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 sometimes the the whole idea of dance battling, though, I, I just doesn't work for me. Oh, um, Dave, that's my whole youth. I understand. You be careful. I understand. It just, hey, dude, lots of love. You do whatever you want to do. It just, I just, I just never got it. I was like, so, so this is how they're gonna, they're, they're, they're gonna, we're gonna figure it out that way. That's that. That's how we're gonna. So that's how we're going to do like things. We're going to dance streets. across from each other. Yeah, just like in the streets. But yeah, all the movie really was was an hour 35, an hour of dancing, and then they had some exposition in those other parts. And wasn't much of a movie there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, dancing, good, rest, yeah. not great. You know, this is like... Would not, would not watch again. Would yeah, not watch again. yeah. It's a really, really hard call for me. Um, the acting in the movie, pretty bad throughout. 
Um, mm-hmm. I have some very major problems with the plot and there are some story elements that just didn't make sense and don't need to be in the movie. Um, in a dance movie, I can usually kind of overlook that stuff if the dancing is good enough, but like the dancing in this movie just isn't that transcendent for me. It was, there wasn't enough of it to make me go like, holy shit, like th- ignore all that bad mess. This is a fun, fun, great dance movie a la Breakin' or of course Breakin' 2, Electric Boogaloo. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to say it made the grade, but like the absolute lowest D minus it could be. Like this thing just fucking squeaks over, mostly for nostalgia. Mm. Um, and Dave, you know your critique on the way that the they figured out on the streets. I'm gonna have a whole segment where I explain how horribly wrong this movie got everything. So we're gonna break got that. it. Uh, before right. we get into the recap here, uh, do we have any fun facts on this one? Um, I saw after I watched the movie. I, I went to IMDb. So again, grain of salt. Um, I didn't realize Kevin Federline was in this. Where was he? I didn't see him. Where Tried to there? spot him. Could not see him. Okay. Did, did not see him, but, but he's credited. I mean, I guarantee yeah. he's in that last the credit. scene. Probably like seventh uh, from the center in one of those crews. It did okay. get a little crowded, so we definitely okay. could have missed him. I see that. Okay. That's yeah. fair. And then this one, you don't have to bear with me, but I had to put it in here because I was like, this is so wild. Okay. So... Omarion is his stage name. His like birth name is like Omari Granberry, whatever you were yeah. saying originally, Dave. So mm-hmm. Omarion, Jarrell, Houston, Lil Fizz. Wait, I can't tell. I feel like they're mixing up their real names versus their, their movie names. Okay, yeah. hang on. Let me that's, try that's, that's his B2K Omarion, name. Yes, Omarion, Houston, Rayshawn. That's his real name. Mm-hmm. And Rad B. We're all members of the now split up hip hop group B2K. Oh, that was an R&B group. Peace. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Uh, yeah. Uh, Marquise Houston and Jeremy Joe or Jerome Jones were members of Immature slash IMX. And then oh. Jarrell is Marquise's cousin. And then Chris Stokes, happened, who happened to be the writer director of this film, oh was God. a producer for both B2K and Marquise or Marcus, whatever the hell. So it's all just like... It's all in the family. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's all yeah. in the family. It's all... It uh, is. You... Yeah. All in the family. No. <laughs> I forgot Immature became IMX. <laughs> totally uh, just add Did an you X. Know, do you know what B2K stands for? Uh, boys 2K. No, I think it's like Brothers of the New Millennium. Oh my God. Okay. The fuck. Okay. okay. All right. That's a stretch. I just... Yeah, just the, one, one of the better South Park parodies of all time is the... You just got effed in the A episode. Yeah. When they make fun of this oh, movie. It's so effed in the A. <laughs> so ridiculous. This random dance crew from Orange County shows up and just starts challenging uh, Stan to uh, a dance battle. And Randy teaches him how to do like Billy Ray Cyrus line dancing and he yeah. does that. And the people around him are going crazy. It's just Isn't that is that the same episode where they get so the, um, they get the emo hot topic kids to join the crew too? Yes. Yes. And they just dance they, hot they do that Charlie Brown dance side to mm-hmm. side while, 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 while smoking while cigarettes. To, yeah, and listening to Morrissey or whoever that is. Yeah. Um yeah. being sad. It's a good episode. Wow. Everybody check it out. Right, we'll find it. We'll it. find it. Um season okay. eight. Yeah, there you go. Um, all right, let's jump into the, the recap and segments here because I have many, many thoughts. Um, right. Before we can talk about exactly what happens in the movie, I need 
we we need to come to a conclusion here. Is this a teen movie? Um, just uh, Dana says no. <laughs> I well, I I it's it's your first question in the outline. It's no. my biggest problem because I I don't know how old anybody is. I, right. Like. What, late Leia? We, now I'm so confused at what is She's in school. Was. I'm pretty sure she's in school. I don't he know if she's or not. He got into Princeton, oh, but right. is now at Los Angeles Community College. So mm-hmm. she is at least 18 mm-hmm. in school. They say often she is um, She's Elgin's, Elgin's little sister. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, maybe they're a year apart. <laughs> maybe 18, 19, 20. Yeah, there's a lot of um I, I finally wrote it in here, like well, well into my notes. How old are these people? Yeah. You know, it's it's impossible to tell. Um I kind of feel like we're supposed to believe David and Elgin are the same age, which they don't look the same age. So that's kind of yeah. tough. Mm. Um, and Leah is maybe like a year or two younger. Um, in my mind, I'm saying maybe they're supposed to be like 19 or 20 because we never see anyone drink alcohol in this whole movie. So like, there's a lot of scenes okay. of them like hanging out, relaxing, partying, whatever. There's a shot of like after David and Elgin come home from a battle and they crash at Elgin's mom's house. They make sure to like focus on a bottle of Gatorade and a can of Red Bull, but like we don't see any booze in mm. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, I think they do all live at home with their moms. Uh, okay. You know, we never, I, for, I, David could be homeless. We never see his house. It's all Elgin's <laughs> mom's house. He, he lives in Baldwin Hills, which yes. I think that's like a fancy part of LA. Um, there well, was definitely it, a TV a reality show about it. Baldwin Hills, um, my family comes from LA. It's, it's nicer than where Elgin lives. Um, I don't know exactly where Elgin lives, but considering the outside of the house, Baldwin Hills is nicer than that. Um, okay. so, yeah. The, there, we never see them in school ever. Uh, so maybe yeah. this is just summer vacation. It's, it's possible. Yeah, LA, so we don't know if it's always summer. Yeah. Mm. Um, they're never at, at jobs. They're always playing the basketball. A lot of but basketball. But they need money. But they need money. But no one works. How can I get money? Hey, hey, they no. They they walk drugs for that guy. Well, they they walk duffel bags for that guy. We never find oh, drugs. Any, yeah. I'll, I'll talk about the the, the courier <laughs> service later on. Um, but well, Leah and Beautiful have jobs. Because Leah and Beautiful yes. with two L's both work at the hospital, but I don't know what they're doing yeah. there. Um, you know, we see Leah put on a scrubs shirt when she and David almost start making out at 7 a.m. after not seeing each other for three years somehow. Um, but she didn't put on scrub pants. And so maybe she's like an administrative assistant of some sort. I don't really know. I don't know the jobs at a hospital that an 18 year old could do. Are candy stripers still a thing? I don't think we call them that anymore. Is that a- but I don't think okay. it's a paid thing. Like, I think it's, it's like a volunteer gig, right? Yeah, you do that for money. Not money. No, for like being able to put on like your. I remember like people did it to put it on their like uh, college application. That was mm-hmm. the word. I, was I will for. say, I just got out of the hospital. I had back surgery a couple of days ago. There were no candy shoppers walking around, and not one. None. And I had a, a, a blatantly incompetent overnight nurse. So there was that. Uh, but I survived. My back is getting better. So that's good. But I did not feel safe overnight. Um, um, 
it might also be because of COVID times. They're probably not getting a lot of volunteers to just I, I would not want to run around a hospital. No, yeah. in the state of Iowa, our hospitals are big, overcrowded with all of the COVID mm-hmm. deniers. It's 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 pretty mm-hmm. fucked up. You might end up with Jason Schwartzman, like oh, he's doing a sponge bath on your boobs if you're not careful. Call me an old whore. Um, careful. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so, he's a guy. So I, I tease this a little bit. We are debuting a new segment that may only pop up for this movie. Um, who knows? But we're going to call this one. That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. Um, yeah. I think yeah. I do this a lot. So it's, it's uh, I'm glad we're calling it out. Because I'm yeah. always like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah. That's not, you how, this this lot. That's it, not it, how any of this works. not how any of this works. It's rare that we, we do a movie that we know a whole lot about the actual subject matter that's not accurate like i think okay. we, we kind of did this for maybe friday night lights or um uh varsity blues where we talked about like how that's not really how football operates <laughs> but like yeah yeah this is this is boy this is a mess um okay <laughs> like it, it was it, it bothered me so much it took me out of the film i'm just like this, mm. okay to, to start off with, you could have done this movie accurately and it would have been so much better. Just make it about a crew who is big time in this one region and they get called out and they have to perform at this big battle to like, you know, defend their reputation. That's what b-boying is. That's how the whole thing works. So um, first and foremost, like none of this is how dance battles actually work. Um Okay, so the dancing itself is way too choreographed. I'm, I'm stressed, Dana. <laughs> like I'm, yeah, I'm like, but like walk us through. For those of us who don't know, okay. so like, I watched this film and I'll set the scene for the listener. As a novice here, it's a lot of dancing in what looks like a boxing ring in a warehouse with multi-tier seating. Yep. And yeah, like there is some stuff choreographed. A lot of one-on-one things. Um, some points. If they all jump together, the camera act like it's an earthquake. What? Uh-huh. <gasps> yeah, that happens a lot in the very beginning and at the end and nowhere in the middle. <laughs> so there's Correct. that. Um, but yeah, okay. so it's just like, and it's a whole like, fans are all over the place freaking out, yelling. Music is just playing. Yeah, so please, uh, I'll, I'll go, I'll go through, I'll, you know, start the clock. This is going to take me a second. Um, okay. okay. All the dancing is way too choreographed. Um, every b-boy crew has some choreographed elements. Um, there's a term called commando. Uh, a commando is a thing where one dancer leaves the cypher and another dancer from the same crew takes his place. Oh, the cypher is a circle. All right, so the circle where you dance is called the cypher. Um, one dancer will leave the cypher. Another from the same crew will take his place. Um, usually there's like four, eight, or 12 counts of choreography mixed into that. So like we're doing a thing as a transition from one to the other. Um, usually you're going to have some routines where you're going to have like two, three, or four dudes all taking the cypher at the same time to do a thing for a turn. But I've never in my life been to a battle where the entire thing is back and forth, everyone doing choreographed syncopated numbers the entire time. And I'm telling you, if you try that at a battle, they're going to get booed out of the fucking building. Like, that's not what they're there to do. So my thing was like, this isn't choreographed enough. Like, I was annoyed. What? I was like, we're not, we're not dancing as a crew. Okay, so I am, as we've talked about in many of these episodes, we do like ballet and like center, like any of the dancing ones, Megan and I will come with a different perspective. I'm thinking America's Best Dance Crew. 
uh, so you think you can dance, uh, uh, dance competitions. I wanted it more choreographed. And it's just, mm-hmm. you know, there's, you're going to have some choreography. Um, but if like the nature of, of being a B-boy, we don't all do the same stuff. We don't all know the same moves. We don't all have the same strengths, you know? So, so there are some guys that are really, really, really great at like up rock or top rock, which is what you do before you go down to the ground. Really, really great with footwork okay. and that sort of stuff. There's some dudes that are great on the ground, but don't have great power moves. There's some dudes that just do amazing power moves and can't really fucking dance. So it's like to have an entire crew that all knows all the same steps is beyond unrealistic and kind of a waste of your time if you have yeah. a, a real crew. Um, secondly, we talked about this warehouse where they battle at. Um, (laughs) God. Okay. B-boy battles are a very real thing. Um, they're usually held at like a high school gymnasium, a rec center, a ballroom, something like that. Um, but the idea that you're going to get hundreds and hundreds of people to turn up night after night at this weird abandoned warehouse with horrible lighting to watch the same crews battle over and over again is beyond absurd. Um, battles are a big deal. Like they usually get announced months in advance. Um, you prepare for them, you train, like you get ready for them. There are yeah. jams. Uh, a jam is more like um, everyone kind of gets together to dance and there's going to be impromptu battles that happen at a jam. Um, but I've never heard of anything like this in my life where it's like we have a standing location that is set for us to go dance in every night. Is like it? Every, like, I think it was every Friday. I didn't think yeah, it was every night. Even that is, is dumb. It's, okay. Even it's every Friday. It's it, When... Um, there's that dance battle that happens and Wade's crew ends up winning because of the fight. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a thing where like crews like take over? That's like, this was our spot. You guys won. It's our spot now. And we're not going to nope. dance there anymore. No, no that's not a real thing. No, 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 no. no. I, thought um, was an interest- I, thought, I thought it was interesting. It's an it interesting was- plot device, but no. Yeah, um, and beyond real. that, beyond that, uh, what happened with Wade's crew in that first battle is uh, blasphemy. It is, mm. it, it's verboten. You don't do that. Wait, um, can we put a pin in the Wade's crew thing? Because yes. I have other questions. Sure, lay them um, on. I can answer all these. So, again, this might be me coming from a much more, like, organized, orderly, <laughs> like, cheerleading, dance competition, like, all kind of stuff. Um, are there categories or divisions? What are the team sizes? Uh, are there the- limits? <laughs> okay. Are they right. gender-based? <laughs> there, there, are, there are definitely categories. Um, okay. There's b-boying and then there's funk styles. Um, okay. I was more of a funk stylist than a b-boy. Um, my joints are not good. So funk styling um, is like pop locking, popping, waving. Uh, there's a guy near the end of this movie who is in, I think he's in Wade's crew, comes out and does a lot of like very liquidy looking body movements. He's got on like a green sweatshirt. Hated every minute of it. Okay, he was one of my heroes. Uh, his name is David Elsewhere. <laughs> David Elsewhere is an amazing popper. Like his 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 muscle isolations are like bar none top notch. He's amazing at what he does. You would not have that guy do that in a b-boy battle. Okay, you so just don't do that's, that. That's the other thing I was going to say. It's not that I hated what he was doing. It felt extremely out of place for what was yes. supposedly happening at the final competition. Yeah, there's another girl, uh, there's a girl who comes out and um, does like old style pop locking or uh, Fillmore, which is what um, Rerun from What's Happening does. Um, okay. That also okay. would not, yeah, it's, it's a lot of snapping and pointing and <laughs> Dana and I are both doing it at the same time. 
Um, yeah, there's a lot of that. That would not happen in a b-boy battle either. If you go to a uh, big enough yeah. b-boy battle, usually you're going to have um, several different things. You'll have one-on-ones. You might have two-on-twos. Um, you will have full crew battles. Um, you'll have what they call seven to smoke, which is like seven on seven. Um, okay. Seven to smoke is, is it's a long battle. That's a, you're, you're exhausted by the end of that. And then you're going to have like one-on-one uh, funk style battles where all that stuff happens at the same time. You'll have a pop locker against a popper against a waiver. All that stuff happens at the same time. Um, but you're definitely not going to have in a b-boy battle somebody come out and pop because it wouldn't make any sense. It's a different thing. It's like, oh, we're playing basketball and here comes a running back. <laughs> like it's a very different, <laughs> different thing. Um, so with there's not a gender thing um most crews in chicago i think just because of the nature of b-boying you don't have a whole lot of b-girls um i knew some that were amazing uh there's a handful that that were great uh dave you might have known um amanda vera i think she was like a year behind you uh her brother george vera was in my class um also of cuban descent she's a dope b-girl um oh. yeah she was at one point she was going by adnama then she was mrs president um i think she goes by data now d-a-a-t-a she's dope like there are some some really dope b-girls out there but it's not a thing that you see a ton of um but yeah they're i mean if they're certainly welcome um you know and same with little kids there's crews that have like legitimate like seven-year-olds that are dope as shit <laughs> So there's not really like age brackets and stuff, but you're definitely, oh, okay. you're, you're going to do what you do. And if what you do is not breaking, then you're not going to be in that kind of a battle. Uh, you do not steal somebody's shit because if mm. you do, everyone there will know. Um, B-boys are not shy about like putting out their stuff. And if you have a routine that's like a legit routine that you do or a commando that you do, or if it's like a, a transition that you've worked on for a long, long, long time, you're going to do it and then no one else can do that thing. You're not allowed okay. to do it. And if you do do it, uh, the whole crowd is going to boo you. Um, oh. the, usually what happens is if, if I see you doing my shit, I'm going to do it at the same time you do it. So the whole crowd realizes you got that from me. And then the term for that is it's almost like in the uh, bring it on when they're mm-hmm. like doing the cheer and then like the shamrock show up. Yes. And you're like, oh, that's way better. Okay. Yes, mm. it's exactly that. Uh, there's a line about that in the Rockwilder, um, mm. Skull and Crossbones. Pegged in what I'm writing because you don't. What, um, I, I'm not going to do the whole rhyme, but there's the the follow up is biting. You don't you don't bite. Yeah, you don't bite my shit. Uh, there's a hand motion that we do if you, if you bite. The whole crowd will do it. It's, it's very embarrassing to be called out for biting. So you sure wouldn't just stand there and go, they're taking our stuff. I don't know what to do. Like, no, there's a, there's a defense for that. They were very flustered. Yeah. So can we, can we also call out, just in case people haven't seen this movie, mm-hmm. um, Wade and his crew, not like it's important, but they're white boys. And first of all, I just went, the fact that they sent this video to challenge <laughs> you wouldn't do this that. crew... <laughs> And then they show up while they're playing basketball. I just kept writing, these white boys are crazy. Yeah. Crazy. And then, so then to hear that you don't steal, A, you don't steal people's moves. And then they stole a guy. I was like, these white boys are even crazier than I thought. Like, you you would for sure, like, that's, that is like a cardinal sin. You don't take somebody else's stuff. Like, you just, you're not allowed to do that. That's, 
you know, your, your persona non grata after that and your whole crew is like, you salt the earth, so I think we'll grow there again. Um, Perhaps they think the rules don't apply to them for some reason. Oh I wonder what it is. Um, I wonder what it is. So I, I can't put my finger on it. Um, okay, so there's, there's no DJ at this abandoned warehouse with a boxing ring inside of it. At the warehouse, um, yes. Yeah. There's no DJ. There's no DJ. The DJ is a super integral part of any battle or jam. Um, they're almost always right next to the cypher, so the dancers can show appreciation when they put on a good track. Like when the, when the track changes and people love it, they'll like point to the DJ, they'll clap, like they'll acknowledge, I like what you're doing. Um, it's also important to have a DJ so you can ride the musical break. Uh, the literal term breakdancing comes from dancing during the break of a song. Uh, there's a part on a record where there's like a funky drum beat or like a really dope middle eight that the DJ will just loop over and over again for like three or four minutes. That's the part you battle over. You don't battle over the entire song from start to finish with choruses and stuff. You find one really nice, like eight or 16 counts and you just loop that over and over again and that's what you break on. So the fact that they just had like a, a, a playlist in like uh, 2004, an iPod, <laughs> I guess, like an, a, 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 yeah, a first generation iPod playing, that's... Eh, no. It was a tape deck. It was like a, just go. like a you know, ghetto blaster with a mic. Yeah, they had a reel-to-reel playing. Yeah. <laughs> so, so AEV cord plugged into it, into the speakers. Yeah. That, that's, that made me very upset because I'm like, where the fuck is the DJ? You can't, you can't have a, a battle with no DJ. Um, Mr. Rad interrupts mid-battle with a flag and says, that's time. That's not how this works. Fuck. This bothered the hell out of you, you can't do that. Uh, battles don't have a time limit. They have a turn limit. So let's say each side gets five turns. When the fourth turn is done, the MC will announce like one more turn and then the battle ends. Usually that's where you see a big routine where the whole crew or two or three guys come out and do a choreographed thing to kind of end on a high note. But you can't just arbitrarily set a time limit because then one crew can just dominate the entire time and not surrender the cipher. Like it needs to be even sides. That was- yeah. I had questions about that. I was like, how do we know, A, there's no clock. They look like they could be like an old school gymnasium. Like the gym at the school I worked at looked very much like this warehouse because it was from like oh, no. the 1920s. <laughs> the boxing room yeah. side of it? Yeah, it was almost like a, you could easily, but like there's like a little platform that was a track, like mm. a very small, less than a quarter mile track up above. But like, it's kind of where everybody was standing. There could have been the clock. Like, how would you have known? Yeah, I have a lot of questions about the turns. Yeah. Even in the last battle, which I know we're not at. Oh, we'll talk about that too. That, that last battle has very some, lopsided it's rule issues. Yeah. That and you, if, you, if you watch B-Boy battles and one crew does a commando, so like they keep the cypher from one guy to the next, the other crew will kind of get upset about that because you're not supposed to do that unless like they're both pretty yeah. short turns. If you just keep on sending one of your guys in and another one of your guys in and another one of your guys in, you're asking for a fight. Um, or at a minimum, the other crew is going to like rush the cipher and just be like, you're done. Like step back. It's our turn to go now. Um, the biggest problem that I had overall, uh, the winner of a battle is not determined by crowd noise. No, 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 never. I will tell you. Get out of here. Every <laughs> battle I've been to has judges. And the judges are usually really well-known and well-respected dancers. Um, 
there's a, a huge battle. I don't know if they're still doing it or not. I think they might be called City versus City in Chicago. City versus City is a special battle because usually it's crew battles. You know, it's like, um, you know, B-Boy Summit or whatever will be get your crew, your crew, and we'll all have crew battles. City versus City is like an all-star thing. So all the best dancers in the city will form a new crew called like Team Chicago or whatever, and you battle at City versus City. Um, the judges for city versus city are like huge, huge, huge names. They fly them in from like all over the country, all over the world, frankly, to come and judge this battle. Uh, so you're, you're not going to have like the crowd determined. I've judged some battles myself. Um, but if you leave it up to crowd noise, it's incredibly easy to rig the whole thing. Have all your friends come and just scream mm -hmm. at the end and then you win. Um, when there's an impromptu, exactly. yeah, if there's an impromptu battle at a jam, the winner isn't determined by crowd noise. Usually there's like a consensus on who won. We can all kind of go, well, you know, we, we know, uh, you know, KML lost to Monk Rock or whatever. Like we, you know, we have a consensus on who won. Uh, if there's a dispute over who won, that usually plays out on message boards and YouTube comment sections. But there's not like a make some noise. That's not how you pick a well, winner. These are Mr. Rad's rules. It's his warehouse. Mr. Rad is, is 50. Things, <laughs> this is how things are decided. It's odd. That was fucked. And, he, that, and when they did it at the end, I'm like, really, Lil' Kim? That's how you have a panel of judges right here. Regardless, yeah. you don't do crowd noise to determine the winners. Final uh, there's another couple things here that really bothered me. Number one, these crews right. are huge. They're way too yes. big. Um, I, yeah. They're, yeah. They're battling, in the beginning, they're battling for like $600. I tried to count. I, I, I don't know, 12, 15 people in this crew. You're taking home like 50 bucks. So yeah. that's, that's absurd. Um, my crew had six people. There were six of us. There are some really, really major crews in Chicago. Um, Chicago Tribe and Brickheads, when I was there, were like the two big name crews in Chicago. Um, I know there's some others that have come up since then, but like, I'm old. So when this movie came out, Tribe and Brickheads were like, you know, one and one A in the city. Um, they those crews had an a team a b team and a c team so the a team might have like seven or eight dudes on it the b team might have like 10 or 12 and the c team might have like four or five those are usually really young guys who are like kids or cousins or nephews of the a team guys hmm. if you've got a crew of like 15 people most of those guys are never going to get a chance to get into a battle like you just don't think logistically here that if we're, if we're not all doing choreographed dance the whole time someone's just never going to get to dance that's seeing true. all these people, I'm just like, this is stupid as shit. I had more questions about, um, well, for, yeah, 600 bucks. To me, that didn't seem like enough. But then I didn't realize it's like a weekly event. So then I was like, oh, okay, I guess that makes sense. Sure. But then like, is he charging admission? Mr. Rad's making a lot of money off of this. because There's a lot of people there. Oh, we have a whole segment on Mr. Rad questions. <laughs> I, need, I need my questions. I have theories. I have theories about where I, his money, where save his money comes from. I, I have questions. Okay. okay. Um, the, another thing, crews all know each other. Like the, everyone knows each other. This is not a huge, huge subculture. Um, everyone knows everybody. So like Wade's crew and David and Elgin's crew would for sure know each other if they're this kind of good. Um, I can understand LA is a bigger city than Chicago. Uh, but, and my crew was nowhere near the top crew in the city, but we knew all the crews and most of the crews knew us. Um, like the guys in these crews have battled each other for years and years, they've been at the same jams a billion times. They trained at the same gyms. 
these are not like such a huge scene that a crew could be super dominant 15 minutes away and no one's ever heard of them. Like that, that I, I don't know why they thought that made sense. Because they're white. Well, they're, they are white. They're, they're great white B-boys. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying. Because like at Mr. Rad's, it looked like most of the crews were led by people of color. They're, mm-hmm. I'm saying there were white people in their crew. How Channing Tatum did not wind up in the background of one of these crews, I, I don't will know. forever be upset about. I don't know. Um, but maybe that's why. They're like, oh, it's these white boys from Long Beach. We've never, I don't know. But even that, like, like County, whatever. I don't there, know. there were some great, the, 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 the third team, the third crew in Chicago at the time uh, was like a mostly white crew um, led by this guy, Adverse, who looked a lot like Tom Cruise. Turns out he's a kitty diddler. Uh, oh, he got no. he got busted maybe like six months ago for a lot of child molestation. Uh, yeah, but uh, so we were not gonna ostracize white folks back then. Oh, I was. I'm I, not saying ostracize. I'm just saying they might have <laughs> run in different circles. I so did. only in, within like L.A. and Orange County and wherever the hell they were from. It's a it's a big can, part of the world. I can overlook you not knowing like every person in a crew, you would have at least heard of this crew. And oh, here is the last and biggest problem that I had. None of these crews have names. They do at the end. One of them has a name at the end. Uh, or I guess a couple of them do, but we didn't know the other ones that were announced. Um, when we first see it, the crew, the, in the first battle, the movie opens with the battle. The first battle, the crews are David and Elgin's crew, Wade's crew, and Vic's crew. I'm like, that's not how you do this. My crew was Optical Confusion crew. I have a tattoo and everything. Um, yeah, on my shoulder. In the Chicago scene, I did, this, I did this out of like memory from 15 years ago. So there's, there's those that I'm leaving out. But I mentioned Brickheads, Chicago Tribe. There was GTO, Junk Warts. There was Ground Syndrome, uh, Floor Spiders, Motion Disorders, Chap Lips Crew, Just Add Water, TNA, The New Addiction. I could do this all fucking night. Every crew has a name. Like that's, that's the whole thing. You have, sometimes you have uh, vests or jackets or hoodies or something. Bags were a big thing with your shoes and shit in it, with your patch on it. But like, you're not just going to go, oh, we're David and Elgin's crew. Like, mm, you're going to get laughed out of the fucking building for that stupid shit. We, we were fine with you calling yourselves chapped lips crew. No one looked <laughs> sideways at all at, you know, at Joe from chapped lips crew, who was dope as shit. And his B-boy name was Joe. <laughs> Like, that's okay, but you can't just be David and Elgin's crew or Wade's crew and act like you're fine. It felt very lazy to me and like a missed opportunity to not name these crews anything. So those were all of the inadequacies and inaccuracies. Um, Let's talk about Steve Harvey, please. Mm. What is he exactly? Mogul. (laughs) Kingpin. The way he was talking at the end, he he had uh, influence over Emerald, and his guy with the gun um, was able to, you know, make things happen. So he's got that kind of power in the community. So maybe that he's is... retired? Yeah. His guy with the gun was LAPD, Mr. Chuck. Yeah, yeah. I think that's one thing they never – I know he cleared it up for them, but I feel like there should have been a moment where they found out. I thought that was yeah. a little weird. That Didn't was... happen, right? No, it just no. ended in that last battle. It, it was very um, strange. He seems like a combination between like a PT Barnum type and some kind of a kingpin or something. Like, yeah, talks about himself in the third person at all but, times. Weird. Also, also, maybe like it might have seemed like it's he might also own like a community center. Like he might also sure. just be like a community organizer activist guy who's like, 
Could I've be. known you kids around this neighborhood since you he were didn't little. say that, yeah. So it's just like, is this part of his, like, I get them when they're young, in the dance crew, <laughs> or hanging out at the community center, and then at some point I open up the warehouse to him. Like, I don't know. It just, yeah, I didn't it get it. Very strange know. to me. It was he's got strange. warehouse money. That's it. He's got where he's got he's got warehouse money in LA where property is yeah. not cheap. Yeah. Well, this is you know early two thousands. Maybe it yeah, was cheaper. But maybe. Um, I also don't know why he's doing this. Like, I'm assuming he's taking a cut of the box office. A hundred percent. He has to yeah. be. But the battle. There's so many kids there. There's a lot of people. The battle at the start only nets six hundred bucks for the winning crew. So mm-hmm. like, are there twenty or thirty of these battles every night? Was the whole thing just this one battle? Like. I'm very confused on what his whole like business model looks like. I I think it just might be more like altruistic. Like I'll keep the kids though. Like he's not super successful at it, but it's like a way yeah. of like keeping them out of trouble or this is how they can dance their aggression out. Like, you know, like it was like a positive thing for the community. I suppose so. Uh, I think the last real issue that I had with him aside from his wardrobe, speaking pattern, mustache, general behavior. Like, I don't know where he derives his authority over these kids from. Danny, you had a pretty good idea that like, maybe he just kind of runs the rec center and they've known him their whole lives or whatever. But like, the judges and the people who run battles and jams and stuff are always former dancers or DJs at a minimum. There was a dude in Chicago named Coney Rock who ran like the big battles and like he had a production company that would sell DVDs and the whole nine. Um, Like I have no reason to think Steve Harvey used to be a big name dancer in this city or like could DJ. He looks at the kind of guy who will go, Oh, y'all young folks are not about the real music. Like that's, he has that kind of a vibe about him. So like, I don't get why anyone would respect him or why there isn't a rival promoter putting on way bigger and better battles where there's lighting you can't see them dance it's dark yeah, I, I think it's just this is what he does for the neighborhood like this is just yeah. his neighborhood gig and maybe the kids so much more we can explore in this world <laughs> we didn't have to watch him play basketball uh-huh. and we didn't have to cover some of the other stuff later so that's why i just like we could have i think like sticking into the dancing because it could be like hey we just hit up mr rad's every friday and stay fresh to keep limber, to see what's uh, making sure our moves still work. And then we go to larger events once a quarter. Yes. And that's where we get the big money. You know, like there's a, there's a different, there's a different movie. If you that's a that much way. better movie for me. Like, Thank you. you know, I, I was going to bring this up a little bit later on. Let's talk about some of like the unnecessary drama and plot elements that Let's. are pushing this movie out. Because my to, favorite. Me, to me, you have a straightforward movie you could do. You get challenged by this other crew. They come, steal your shit. You don't call them biters for whatever reason. And then you have to redeem yourselves later on. You spend the next hour and 10 minutes of the movie training. You bring in a new yes. dancer. You go, you go to other places and learn different shit. Because, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're training as a B-boy, yes, that's right, exactly, training montage. <laughs> a, lot of it, a lot of it is, you know, just like working out by yourself in your garage or in your basement. Or um, we used to go to like a, like a gymnastics studio every once in a while to work on like tumbling and shit like that. But also you might... Um, go to like a martial arts class and learn some shit from there. You might watch some capoeira and learn some things from that. 
You might um, go to like a salsa class. Yep, Dana's doing capoeira, guys. <laughs> Bob's burger. Ha, ponytail. 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 But you might, you might, um, you know, go to like a salsa class and incorporate some of that into your up rock. You learn different stuff and then you make it work for b-boying. And Listen, bring it on. They had a great yes, montage this of is learning what you other do. things. This is exactly what you do. You don't, you don't, you know, you don't just stay home and work on your one kind of dance. You expand yourself and you learn how to make that work. Uh, they larded this fucking thing up with all kinds of nonsense drama elements that don't need to be in there. Like, we don't need to know Leah and Beautiful work at the hospital. And I said Beautiful Lol because there's two L's and I I think we should only call her Beautiful Lol. It's Beautiful. Beautiful. Two L's. She makes four. Sure you know it. Um, I will say though, I loved what Megan did was giving us. Oh, sure. She's, she's a winner. She's fantastic. Yeah. Yes, among my favorites. I liked her better in uh, Roll Bounce, but I thought she was fun in this movie, in this role. But, like, there's no reason to have them work at the hospital. Um, they, they don't have to have a job at all, first of all. But, like, there's a, there's a scene in this movie where one of the characters gets shot and they go to the hospital. And I'm like, okay, now we're going to see Leah and Beautiful, like, use their clout to somehow help them get access to the hospital or make sure he gets good treatment. No, no. I, I think they're that. there and don't say anything. Together. Yeah. 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 Useless. That would have been good. Sure it would have been. Um, the, yeah. the, the very first scene, we see Toya and Kiki join the crew and we never see them again. <laughs> no, they're in the crew, but like, so they, they don't say do to anything, them, though. no, they dance, but they say to them like 10 a.m. tomorrow, practice. And we never, like, it takes, like, until David and Elgin, or Elgin, whatever, Elgin. break up their dance crew, that we actually get to see the girls, like, rehearsing with them. But it was yeah. definitely, like, a point to go. 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. I was like, oh, yeah, we're going to see dance practice. <laughs> Woo! And then it was basketball. Nope. <laughs> basketball. And really, in my mind, um, I was thinking, okay, there's two things you can do here. They're going to show up later in the movie with, like, a key moment where, like, they have a move no one else can do or we're going to do something really cool and all of their routines are all going to be together as a two-piece. Oh, like they're going to do it. a thing where there were, um, oh, uh, there were a pair of twins that were in ground syndrome. Uh, they were just, I, I don't know their real names, but they were, their b-boy names were evil clone one and evil clone two. They looked, they were identical okay. twins, same piercings, they wore the same clothes, and they would go out there and do the exact same stuff at the same time, and it was amazing. Like, it wasn't, you know, it was, yeah, they were doing choreographed stuff, but every b-boy plans their routine before they do it. It's kind of like um, if you watch, like, uh, like, park skaters in the Olympics or whatever. Like, you know your transitions, you planned out what you're going to do before you do it. They would just do everything exactly the same, and they were, like, spooky looking like it was cool um but i thought we were gonna get that with these girls i'm like no no they're just in the crew now because you know there's room for two more in this 90 person ensemble yeah yeah i didn't need the emerald storyline at all um what was the merchandise was it i thought it could have been clothes that's how they stay so fly they do something out of the duffel bags every now and again no if you're getting beaten up for it 
got to be more valuable than that. Well, I assumed it was drugs, but if it's drugs, why are you sending Elgin out with a giant duffel bag full of drugs and no gun or backup or anything? It didn't make any sense. It was weird. The bag looked too flimsy. I'm not going to spend too much time on it. But yeah, I was just like... You can't put a key in that? (laughs) I feel like, uh, you know, like kilos of whatever it is would be heavy and blocky and you want a more structured uh, vessel. It, it was it was very strange. We don't even find out how much Elgin owes him. Yeah. It's like okay, it's he's asking for six months to pay it back, so it's probably a lot of money. But like we don't know how much it was. I had something about that. So normally, so uh, just for the viewers who have never seen this film, um, Elgin and David are couriers for Mister <laughs> Mister Emeralds, uh-huh. and then one day. David leaves Elgin hanging. So Elgin, of course, gets jumped with mm-hmm. a giant duffel bag. Um, and all of Mr. Emerald's stuff is taken. And Mr. Emerald's like, no, he's like, he's like, yeah, yeah, I was going to call you and I'll, I'm going to pay you back. And he's like, normally I give people 24 hours. Or because, no, I guess David's like, I need six months or I need a six couple months. months. <laughs> and Mr. He's like, normally I give you 24 hours, but your friend begged me. So I'm going to give you a few weeks. A few weeks. What the fuck? <laughs> Good begging, no. Dave. <laughs> no, you know what I'm saying? Like, because it would be like, you have until the end of the week. Like, yeah. that's how I'm running my show. Because you're making yeah. me look bad now. You yeah. make, you look, you're making it look like you could steal from me? Yeah. Make that Mr. Emerald? There's Not, principalities no. at play here. Mm-mm. Like, you, 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 you what I thought he was going to say was, ordinarily, I give you 24 hours. Your boy called and begged me. So I'm going to give you 48. Or yes. your boy called Love and begged it. me and embarrassed myself. So I'm gonna. You got six hours. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, you don't you don't go a few a few weeks? Is that three? Is that two? Is a few, it, yes. A few It'll weeks. be a hard deadline. It's like you get what was taken, or you yeah. get me my money. I ain't so playing. Right. So we're supposed to think we're supposed to think it's drugs. I think yeah. Oh. But I think it's drugs. the way that they're setting it up gives you. This is the one of the nicest, most understanding drug dealers out there. To, well, to give him a few weeks. That's just not how it is. And to show evidence of how nice he is, he abducts Elgin in front of his yeah. house in broad daylight in an Escalade, and then they just sit in the car. <laughs> they don't drive off with him. They don't beat him. He, like, squeezes his injured leg, and that's it. And I'm like, yeah. come why on, even, man. Why even bother? If you're not going to do it right, don't even do it at all. No, take that out and show, show me them going to, like, a ballroom dance class and learning some ballroom. I, I need kneecaps getting shot out and shit. Yeah, yes. if, it, if it's really drugs, I need to see it. Yeah. Show Cut me. a finger off. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, or even like <laughs> that. Yeah, like, if we're not, yeah, we don't need to do the drugs, but we need, he needed to get injured, which we never find out what's really wrong with his knee, but we do get a, a montage of working out. I don't know. A weird working out montage. And then a weird so dancing in the rain montage. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to the physical therapy place. I'll do it myself with small weights and painful mini dance moves uh, i'll also but do some bicep curls to fix my knee also, that, that, that too yeah like if i'm a courier for a drug guy granted i don't know much about it it's not sounds my like you do i only know what i see on television but they're always like oh i need money i need money he trusts you to transport his product you're not moving cash you're not like you're like his main couriers, and you're mm-hmm. still nickel and diamond around this place. Yeah. Get out of here! Well, also, I ain't taking that risk. You also aren't part of the gang. It's like you just pop up when you need some extra money for a minute. Like that's not. This is stupid. Um, then we also have Lil Saint being killed. Why'd you do uh, that? 
we don't know anything about this kid to get really attached to him. Yeah. Like we, we know he wants to be in the crew and he can't dance. And that's his entire character. And Rico yep. likes him for no reason. And that's it. And then they kill that him. That was weird. I just went, uh, he's going to die. I'm pretty sure I was like, what? <laughs> uh, other well, than the fact that he's a child and he was killed in a drive-by and that's tragic. Yeah. I think that's what they were going for. It's like, someone's got to get killed to remind you that we're in a bad area. And life is short and fleeting and all, and all that stuff. And we just need to be reminded before people can you know, come back together and Stomp the yard. Oh God, we're gonna to. do that next. Hey, hey. Can't wait. Don't you get the movies confused? Oh, the sorry. Other, can make stir up somebody. F somebody in the A. The other issue with Will Saint's death, like the way that they announce it, he's been dead for hours before they find out. The doctor's like, oh, I thought he yeah. did. Like, I didn't. I didn't want to tell you guys. Like, we lost him. He didn't make it. He comes and says, oh, I don't know how to tell you guys, but he died a few hours ago. A few hours ago. Yeah, I'm just sitting in that waiting room for a little while. For yeah. hours. Yeah. He, he's also not disclosing that. It's like they have That's very HIPAA. serious like HIPAA violation. Yeah. Like he's just Can't not going that. like, oh, you guys have been waiting. Like he just caves so quickly. And yeah. it's like it's ridiculous. No, you're gonna wait um, to hear from Saint's mom. Little Saint's mom. It's fine. Yeah. The last the last unnecessary plot element at least doesn't take a whole lot of time. Um, you know, the other ones take up a bunch of time and there's scenes and stuff. There's a, there's a whole storyline with this guy, Oscar, who doesn't battle anymore. And they reference him a bunch of times. I'm not even sure the name of the dude who they keep on saying, you have to get Oscar to come back out, man. You have to get Oscar. He shows up at the end. And when he shows up, he doesn't really do anything special. Like he's fine. He's a good dancer, but they built him up to be like this absolute linchpin that they can't win without, and he ain't that. I thought, I thought what he did was cool. It was also hard to know who was who, who was in what crew, mm. it, until they started wearing matching colors. I had no idea who belonged where. It, well, the matching was, colors are going to come up later on. <laughs> okay, anyway, it was helpful. But yeah, I don't think Oscar's that great. And you already talk about unnecessary plot, or like unnecessary drama or plot elements. Grandma's up. <laughs> well, no, just the amount of basketball played. There's you so much basketball. That much... For a movie about dancing. The other, the other issue is we, we know that they have some kind of a crew hangout that is also a gigantic open space. Take all of those basketball scenes, move them into their crew workout area, mm-hmm. and show us them practicing their dancing. Like, they play a ton of basketball. It's, it's very- and they, I feel like Omarion and Roger were like, Yo, Chris, <laughs> we gotta show off our moves, man. Write it in. Mm, yeah. Put it we on the basketball court. We gotta hoop. We gotta hoop. Yeah, exactly. It's like there are some parts of this that I was just like, this is gonna maybe be offensive. I apologize now. Oh, but no. I was like, could you put any more black stereotypes in a film? Uh, gun violence, drug dealing, bad neighborhood. We gotta play basketball. There's not uh, a father to be seen in this whole movie. There's not but, one yeah, fucking dad. It was just like, they could just dance. They could just be kids who like to dance. Which I'm telling you, the dudes dudes in Chicago that I used to to dance with, very few of them came from like really rough, you know, backstories. I mean, a lot of them came from, you know, the inner city. They came from Chicago. And, you know, a lot of them were not like rich growing up by any means. But like learning how to be really good at dancing takes a lot of time. (laughs) 
And it's not the kind of thing that you do when you're also like dodging bullets in the street all the time. Like it's yeah, like Mr. Red might have done this as like here's your outlet type of situation, sure, yeah. which is fine. I just was like, it, it was almost like in Save the Last Dance where they had to like pile on every possible yeah. thing that black people have to deal with because it's like, hey, we're doing a movie, we gotta call it out. <laughs> Can't forget, you know, like it's just, like, Can't forget, Jesus. <laughs> Just let the kids dance. Let them dance. Uh, All right. So this is, um, we we haven't done this in a couple of weeks, I don't think, but uh, time for some frosted tips and butterfly clips. Um, I didn't want to specifically talk about individual outfits here because, I mean, we could just pick, they all look kind of silly. But there were some some things that I think deserve mentioning. Number one, we are still in the midst of Dave's 90s fabric surplus. All this shit is so baggy. Everyone's clothes are baggy mm. as fuck. Yeah, 2004 leftover on clearance, just <laughs> grab it all. In 3XL for someone who's maybe a medium. Maybe, yeah. Fantastic stuff. When you look Fantastic. at stuff like this, you have to be like, if I'm a person who actually wears that size, fucking annoyed am i that these little skinny you. boys are running around in my clothing hey you in five foot three in the big and tall store hey yes. you see this shirt i have to wear it's it's too short because you took the one i'm supposed to wear i'm, I'm a big guy hey yeah get out of destination xl leave yeah, me right. Yeah. And go back to your schmediums well like, and, yeah. huh. and my thing is i can remember going to my first jam and being blown away by how tight everyone's clothes were while we were there in big baggy stuff. Like it makes sense though. Yeah, well, working like yes. I can't see footwork when there's so much fabric like piling up at your ankles. Right. And like most of the time, if you're in stuff that doesn't have like an elastic cuff on the ankle, you're gonna get some rubber bands and like rubber band your ankles so that you aren't stepping on your pants and falling down. You're doing very fast, complicated stuff. A lot of your stuff you're doing is flips and things like that. You need grip. All this fabric flapping around is not conducive to dancing. And also, these fools are over here dancing in like basketball shoes and shit. B-boys that I know, you're wearing mm-hmm. New Balance, some Sauconies, the lightest, grippiest shoes you can find. You're not going to wear some Air Force One. What the fuck are you doing? No, sir. Um... <laughs> We also have beautiful, in all of her airbrushed apparel, uh, I think every shirt she wears has her name airbrushed on the chest, and then one of them has like a full-on picture of her face airbrushed on the back. Wait, seriously? Yeah. um, The scene where they're in the diner, I think she's there with Leah, and they're giving David a hard time over something. And then Lee is like, no, 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 he's fine. Like, like you know, I think this is after um, Elgin gets jumped. And she turns to walk away. And there's like, from collar to bottom hem, a gigantic Megan Good airbrushed face on the back of her shirt. That's pretty cool. That's a That's thing. That's pretty cool. Um, um, they also turned around the Lil Saint airbrush memorial. Yeah. Very fast. Very quickly. Real Very quick. Fast. He died Impressive. yesterday. He died. Mm-hmm. Even, it might have been night. earlier this morning. I yeah. don't know. It was yeah. so they, fast. They for sure found out he died late in the night. Um, what are we going to do Venice, now? Venice That's, right. Walk. That's right. That's right. Airbrush. Yeah. That's, That's exactly Let's go to the Fox Hills Mall and we'll find a Let's kiosk. fucking do it. Yeah. Um, the, we talked about this a second ago, but all the crews 
aren't just wearing matching colors at this final battle. I, they're almost all wearing matching Adidas tracksuits. Ah, yeah. Sopranos, yeah. The same color. Yeah, well, the sopranos, time. you know, Central European mobsters, whatever. Yeah. Like, Hello, this is what I Hello. wear on a daily basis. Look at face. Look at sweet. I am businessman. Yes, look at Stripe on site. This is cool, right? Best friends. Oh, two. Ah, three. <laughs> Who needs three stripes? <laughs> stripes, I have four. <laughs> <laughs> this, this really made me upset because B-Boy is dope. Like, it's really cool. I have a, a couple of pieces left that my wife has not made me thrown out yet because they're 20 years old. But, like, to reduce B-Boy fashion down to matching tracksuits was every bit as lazy as I'm not naming these crews. I feel like it was done to make it easier for the viewer to identify the crews. I loved it. Yeah, I thought it was real helpful. Except for those one crew was navy blue and the other one was black. And the girls, some of the dancers were in multiple crews. Yes. But I'll leave it there. But so the color coordination was helpful. Yeah, it it helped, especially the way they cut like the final the final dance instead of showing us each crew do their thing it's like three seconds from this one smash cut five seconds from that one so i guess that helps that but it's yeah. so corny and dumb like i know guys that do wear that shit like tracksuits are a thing yeah. but if a whole crew showed up in just adidas tracksuits that were not customized to have like their crew name on them or something like that we're gonna go like mm, 1988 called and want their shit back um we should probably talk about Lil Kim's bikini top, track pants, strappy that? heels. Get up, masterpiece. Just, just perfect yeah. masterpiece. No, that's that, that's what she wore for like from like ninety nine until now, 2002, 2003, 2004. That was that was her look. Yeah. It's yeah. a bikini, and this mm. this is my shirt. Deal with it. I'm like, okay, I will. I'm good. It, it oh was. God. I was like, you can. It's like you can tell this is. This like not the start. I think she had already had some plastic surgery. Oh yeah, but it just it, it it's terrible. It's it's like you wouldn't recognize yeah. her today. It all starts so to turn like, inwards, like make yeah. a nice. Look, let's just really just lead all the cheek down to the chin and, and the try chin to has like a weird divot. The chin's like, got a right weird. Yeah. and you could definitely tell like and I I shouldn't be body shaming, but that here was like a lot of a lot of liposuction in that midsection because mm-hmm. that's not a natural. It, no, I don't know. Well, Whatever my, girl, I listen to like Lil Kim's album. All I do listen to Lil Kim quite frequently, sure, so like sure. I'm a, I'm a fan. But I'm just like, oh, why can't you just love the way you looked originally? To me, was just keeping it straight, street, and get grimy and dirty. Yeah, she did say grimy and dirty. This, this, <laughs> you know how I like it. Oh God, grimy and gross. Dirty. <laughs> this also was like her, her, obviously into her surgeries because if you look at her when she first showed up, like this is not the same face yeah. or body on her, yeah. but it's also mm-hmm. before she really went off the deep end with her surgeries. If you look at her now, it's like, you've gone way, way, way too far. And this, yeah. she was not quite there yet, but I'm like, we can see the seeds of where this yeah. is gonna go. It's not great. No, um, I don't understand how nobody made fun of Wade's super spiky hair at any point in time. Hey, okay. I had super spiky hair and Sometimes so you know you gotta model. do make fun of you. You you gotta do something with your hair, and some people are just like, yeah, just let's just have it stand up and see what happens. I get so, it. I get it. I thought this was like until Wade Robson showed up at the end of the film. I thought this Wade character was a direct hit on yeah, the, the real wasn't. man. I don't know how it wasn't. Yeah, right? should have been. Like, it, it seems very on the nose. 
Yeah, I'm fairly certain I have a picture from an instant concert where Wade, oh, no. Wade Robson was sitting like right behind me because I had floor seats at what is now behind you at NSYNC? Well, because like so they it was they had this whole stage that came out into the audience that like cut the floor seats in half. Okay. And then there was like a like a platform for them to go up on and then like VIPs could sit. It's almost like where the sound booth is and all that kind of stuff. Like at ACL a lot, famous people sit in the sound booth and stuff. Sure. So he's behind me. I think Vanessa Williams was behind me at one point. Oh, and wow. Lance yeah. Bass's mom. Wow. So I have pictures wow. of And I was like, this is Wade's hair from that time. It is. Um, and I, until he showed up, I was like, they are making fun of Wade Robson. And that's why that's why the hair looks like that because like Wade had a whole face and you can kind of see it at the end it's not blonde but it is kind of spiked up yeah yeah but just I mean it was you know, deliberate I think I know dudes <laughs> wore their hair like this but again being you know being around b-boys all the time like you make fun of whatever somebody has going on like you diss them for their their clothes, just for their hair, just for whatever they do. Like you're making fun of whatever you can grab a hold of, even if it's not really lame. The fact that no one made a comment that this dude looks like he's fucking Super Saiyan over here is ridiculous. And then the number of jerseys that are worn in this fucking movie. This movie had a billion jerseys in it. A bunch of them were unique all-stars jerseys, which I've never even heard of, which felt like some very serious product placement. Like, I know at the time, like, Vocal was putting out jerseys, and obviously, like, Mitchell and Ness. And, you know, I had a bunch of throwbacks at this time. I never wore a jersey from, like, a fake-ass company. This is very strange to me. Well, it's also, mm. like, they're all from L.A., but, like, no, no one was wearing L.A. things. No. I was just like, this no. doesn't no, feel I didn't see to me. They, they reference I, Kobe and Shaq, but they're wearing Sixers uh, jerseys. I ever seen I didn't see yeah. any Dodgers hats. I mean, those, those are ubiquitous. You see those... And I, I, I think so. They were wearing hats that had no logo on them. And everybody no, kept putting fantastic. on that blue hat. It was very much like Captain America, I have to go hide. Like everybody's yeah. but of Marvel now. But like, yeah. Yeah. like Lil Saint puts on a hat at some point once he's in the crew. And I'm like, oh, he's going to turn it around. And it's going to, like, as you said, nope. the crew had a name. <laughs> yeah. could have a logo. But it's yeah. like, no, blue hat. The blue hat crew. Yeah. Um, there was a. Uh, Steve Harvey wore a really cool jacket to the final competition the first day. It was oh like a God. it was a Letterman jacket with all those patches on it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it had a trillion patches um, on the chest. I, and part of me was like, did he get these patches? Did he used to play like pro basketball in the 70s or something like that? And now he's not, and now he's a community guy. It's like like the Buffalo Braves and all yeah. these ABA slash really early NBA teams that became. Uh, Modern teams now with different names, obviously. But I saw that jacket. I'm like, that would be cool. Uh, that would have. That's been pretty cool. Yeah, maybe he backstory for Mr. Rab. Maybe not Rab. king. Maybe not kingpin. Maybe former athlete I'm trying not, to better his Dominique, I don't know. Uh, God, uh, Wilkins, the basketball player, Chocolate Thunder. Oh, that's Daryl Dawkins. Daryl Dawkins, right? I always yeah. get the name wrong. His uh, wife, and then eventually became ex-wife. Like, they lived in, like, where I lived in New Jersey. And, like, he would show up to our, like, Pop Warner stuff because she was, like, uh, one of the cheerleading coaches. And, like, what's his name again? Uh, Daryl Dawkins. <laughs> yeah. So Daryl Dawkins would just, like, show up to, like, Mammoth's uh, Pop Warner stuff. Wow. So, like, it could have been a thing that, like, that's who Mr. Rad was. Like, a former. Could have been. 
You know what? Tell me cool that. Guy. He's like, oh, I'm go- yeah, I'm going back to the neighborhood. Let's have a prequel where we learn about Mr. Rad's life. No, nope, nope. nope. Only, only- they could have said that. It, it, it would have taken two and a half minutes or less. No, a minute, no. Listen 30 to- seconds. Here, here's the pitch for the prequel. We have to learn how Mr. Rad got here. So we can throw it back to the late 70s, early 80s. Get some real breaking in there. Okay. You, you sold and, me. Yeah. And he's like, I'll tell oh, you what. Oh, the kids are getting into this. Like, this would be a great way for, they can come here. Some people get into DJing. You can sneak a little NWA in there. Like, this is where uh, Dr. Dre gets oh into God. music. Oh, oh my he, God. The, I'm building a whole world. Dr. Dre from the world-class Wrecking Crew days when he was in a full silk scrubs get up as a DJ. I, I will I will allow this if and only if Mr. Rad is played by the guy who played Sweetness in Roll Bounce as Sweetness. The Sweetness. <laughs> there you go. Um, um, listeners, you couldn't hear it because I it was a facial expression. But oh boy, he lost me. He's to- yeah. he took my great idea of developing <sighs> of you got to a prequel about and Mr. Made it Rad so much better seventies and eighties and had to ruin it by evoking one of my like least favorite characters that i've ever had to watch on screen coolest anyway, character ever moving um I, oh. I did want to talk about the final battle here which is still not really a battle it's a dance competition um i have a lot of a lot of thoughts here number one we jump right into the semifinals um yeah my you just like semifinals! yeah do you just get to sign up and they're like blessed in like it feels like 500 crews would have signed up and then the first day, you'd have like 19 straight hours of dancing. I would have thought you would at least do prelims via like videotape. Like you send in a submission video of your crew dancing and then you pick the top like 16 maybe. I believe at some point Lala might have said 10 teams were whittled down to five. So maybe there were like 10 in, I don't know, the logistics of this whole battle. It just seems, cause they, they, well, because they find out about it like the day before it happens. <laughs> So it's not even like, mm-hmm. I think they might have had like two or three days to prepare, but like, you know, like I said, battles back in the day were announced, you know, months in advance. Like, you know, when it's coming because you have to arrange travel and like where you're going to stay. You want to make sure that you, you have your shit like prepared and ready to go. You're not, you want to cool off on your trains. So you're not going to be hurt before you go. It just kind of feels like they found out about this right before it happens because Rico like finds this flyer on a lamppost or something. My issue was yep. there are hip hop radio stations all over LA. If Lil Kim's coming to find a crew for her next video, they're going to be promoting it for weeks. If Lala is coming to be the MC and King Wade Robson is going to be there, like, people are going to talk Whoa. about this. Lala wasn't even the MC. She was covering it for unnamed television right. stations. Covering it for not MTV. Um, and then Wade gets to MC the final day. I was like, UTS, what? unnamed, you, for broadcasting for UTS, unnamed <laughs> television station. Yeah. Oh, it was, like, it was you very weird. reporting. And then Wade swoops in and gets to be the MC. But like, you're right. Like, they never listen to the radio. They're never like, oh, man, I should have a sick beat. Like, there, again, we could have had dance montages. There could have been a fundraiser montage. Sure. Like, if it's car washing or we used to do. Um, for my dance troupe, Uh-oh. we would um, have events where people would pay for like a table, and we would sometimes like dance through the things. But there'd also be a fashion show where the moms would model donated clothes. Oh, it was weird. No, the moms. 
you know, we, we didn't do any of that. I mean, you know. Well, like, I was like a kid. I like stopped dancing at like 12. So okay. I was like, we started our own company when I was like eight or nine or something. So like, anyway, a fundraising montage would have been like, sure. ugh. But no, we're too busy showing Lil Saint get shot to death. Um, we didn't even see him get shot. No, we're, we're too busy watching him stand on the basketball court. Right. Dumb. Anyway. Um, so in this final battle, uh, David's crew like falls apart all over the place. And I, instantly. I, instantly. And I kind of felt like that was going to be Elgin's crew because Elgin was the one being the big jerk. Like, yeah. no, his crew's perfect, so he's great. Um, great. Yeah. And then near the end, so the whole, the whole competition, um, when we get to – the final battle, that's what we were used to, where it's like crew versus crew, back and okay. forth. Everything we've seen before this is that. But when they have the competition, it is choreographed dance numbers with judges and like you know actual winners. That's how they should on the whole fucking movie. The wit I I don't understand why they switched away from judges at the end of this competition. That doesn't make any sense. Um I think the the last two parts that bothered me, because a lot of this bothered me, um, Mr. Rad, an anonymous <laughs> old man, like runs down and gets in Lil Kim's face and is like, "No, you cannot do this to these boys. You have to pick a winner." Well, you forgot <laughs> the judges called it a tie. The judges called it a tie. What? I, you know what else? Okay, all right. Listen, I have judge battles. What? I have judge battles, and we have we have been unable to pick a winner. You do one more round. Yeah, it's very the whole, obvious. The whole crowd chants one more round. You get one turn per side. Pick out your best shit. You get one more round, and then we're going to turn it from that. It's not going to be like, well, it's a tie, so no one's in the video. No one gets the money. <laughs> like, what yeah. are we doing? That it's- sounds good to me. And tell them all to go home. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, a little kid's going to – I'm taking the, I'm taking the big like, check. Yeah. Home. I'll hire a real dancer. But you know, it's also like, it's her fucking video. It is. It's her be like, oh, these are the two you guys, okay, you guys narrowed it down for me. Thank you very much. Um, I'm going to pick the more diverse crew. Thanks for coming at it. You know, like, it didn't have to, I was like, a tie? I was so pissed. Well, or Lil' Kim goes, okay, we have a tie. I'm going to take, like, the best six dancers from each team. I'm going to take, like, I have six slots. I'm going to get these two from this one and these four from that one. You guys are, are in my video now. But yeah. but why why number number one, there's no reason she would listen to this random man she's never seen before. Number two, there's mm-hmm. no way you can get that close to Lil Kim. You can't just like run up in her face and be like, "No, Mr. Rad says." <laughs> like that's not. I, did, I didn't see oh, an entourage. She was just sitting at a table by herself. Well, there was no entourage. Her titties were fat. There was no entourage, but we saw several shots of very stoic-looking men in black shirts that said "security" across the chest with their arms crossed. So there was security oh, at this event. To keep the, like, the actual riffraff away from her during the filming we don't know of him. this movie. God, the very last part of this, the crowd chants served at the end at Wade's crew. Okay, that was a terrible dismount. I hated it so much. Uh... The crowd was just cheering for them a second earlier. They were, they were, the, they were the runners up. <laughs> like... They're oh gonna go, oh, God. you fucking suck now. Boo. I'm like, that, that was so corny. I love you. Suck my dick. You're the fucking worst. Yes, sir. <laughs> Woo. Cool. No. Oh, my God. No, no one acts. No one does that. The audience no also that. at the battle would not have, most likely most of them would not have heard 
the wage crew originally tell them, which they let these, again, these random white boys yeah. say the name of the film first. Yep. And then- You suckers got served. You got served. Oh, whatever. And then most of these people would have never seen that interaction. No. So they're just like, what is, what is even it? So that's your least favorite part. What I didn't appreciate before that, um, or I can't remember exactly when it happened, but um, Leah and David finally have a moment where she like she runs up to Elgin, gives him a hug, and then goes oh to shake God, Jesus. David's hand, and he and then her brother's like, "Oh, is that how you're gonna treat your girl?" They slow mo kiss, mm. and Elgin just stares at them the whole entire time. Well, for, like, okay, okay. <laughs> he does, it's not even that he mm. said that's, that's how you're gonna treat your girl. What he says is he turns to Leah, his little sister. And says, "Oh, yeah. that's all you got for your man." Oh yeah. And then stares on what adoringly the as they slow motion make the fuck out. Uh, I was waiting for like a, little, a couple spit lines and a couple spit strands to be. Sure, oh, man, it was erotic. They were, was they were erotic. going at it. it. This was gross. Yes. Um, <laughs> now, uh, one more thing about this movie: it, it's it's a dance movie. It's a hip hop movie. Uh, let's do a quick mic check. Mic check one two one two. Um, okay, there's a there's a few songs that I want to really focus on. Um, but there's I'm gonna kind of run through the ones that I recognize. The soundtrack is like 30 tracks long. There's a lot yes. of songs in this movie. Most of them just kind of sound like relatively generic turn of the millennium hip hop, which again highlights how impressive Save the Last Dance is in their soundtrack. Yeah. Like mm. they so much better. This one is a lot of fluff. Um, yeah, I was like, this soundtrack better be lit. It's just not. <laughs> oh, you're, you're very old. Um, <laughs> there's a song, I think it's from the first battle or the second battle called Find Out by AC Alone. Um, mm-hmm. That's the one that I remember. I have not looked at this trailer yet uh, to see if that's the, in the trailer. That's the song that I always associate with this movie. And I did not know it was by AC Alone. AC Alone is like, like a legit, like, lyrical legend underground MC. He's up there yeah. with like um like Pharaoh Monch and stuff. <laughs> like he's not a hit no. maker. So to, to the, you did find out that's fucking weird. Um similarly, uh there's a song called Release Part One by Black Alicious on here. Rest in peace, Man. Gift of Gab. Oh. Gift of Gab Gift of Gab, the MC from Black Alicious, who as far as I'm concerned is like a top three all time MC. He's amazing. He just passed away recently. Um, but I'm like, I, I heard his voice and I'm like, what Black Alicious song is in this fucking album? Um, the other ones that were more recognizable, uh, Stand Up by Ludacris. Of yeah. Great song. Great song. Um, which, which I think was the one that was playing during the slow motion monsoon outside dance numbers that they were doing. Uh, um, no, no, no. I had that. That was anxiety. Man. Oh, yeah. anxiety. Okay. Yeah. With Listen, featuring Papa Roach. And I'm like, featuring Papa Roach. Whose fucking voice is this? Uh, that's, anxi- ju- that's, okay. that's Jacoby Shaddix yeah. from uh, one of my favorite Papa bands. Papa Anxiety <laughs> by Black Eyed Peas featuring Papa Roach. We used to practice to this song all the time back then. Really? The yes. Yeah. The, the whole Ella Funk album is full of like bangers like this to dance to. Mm-hmm. Um, the Ella Funk theme was for years my crew's like standard warm-up song. Um, it, it's, it's, it's an instrumental um, but we used to put that on to like stretch and kind of get loosened up before we danced. But like, I used to have a 20 minute version of anxiety 
uh, with like a 15 minute break in the middle. That was just like the, the part of the drum beat looped over 15 minutes that we used to play a whole lot um, at like our practices and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. They had Coming From Where I'm From by Anthony Hamilton, which is, who his voice is something. Coming that one, from. that was in Coach Carter too. And oh, was he it? does kind of a, he does kind of an Aaron Neville. Exactly like that. Know what you're thinking. Yeah, there's a lot of he's that. Good. I, he's good. I, I like him, but his voice is kind of weird. Anthony yeah. Hamilton is great. It's very, it's very uh, unique. There was Anti Up by M.O.P. Oh, okay, if you want to fight somebody, yeah. yeah. Kidnap that fool. Oh. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jump to that, it. That yeah. is a song to commit armed robbery to. Um, mm. That is a, a hyped up song. That's up there with Nuck If You Buck. Like That's, that's a song <laughs> to fight to. Um, they played The Choice Is Yours by Black Sheep. Um, you can get with this, or you can get with that. That's that's uh-huh. a that's, you hear that one at a whole lot of battles too. Um, they played "Get It on the Floor" by DMX, which um, not like my favorite DMX song, but probably one of his most like danceable songs. That that beat, I think it's a Swiss Beats beat. That's a very hype mm. fucking beat. Um, they played "Pump It Up" by Joe Budden as the the last song that everyone danced to, and I'm just like. You can't. That's not a song to dance to like that. That's not. No, we're not. What? There, there. I will put on our Facebook group a bunch of links to like actual break beats and like the songs that people break to. It's, it's not what you think it is. There's very, very, very oh, little hip hop. A lot of yeah, James Brown. Also, a lot of funk. Yeah, I also just wonder, like, because sometimes I'm like, does it even matter what's playing? Like, who who knows what was playing in the room? Or like, did they really choreograph that to like Joe? I don't know. know, It's 80 beats a minute. We can make any song work. Well, and the thing is, um, like I said, when you acknowledge the DJ, there are songs that get played at every battle. Um, And I'm going to put a list of them on there. The first one that comes to mind for me right now is a song called The Mexican by Babe Ruth. If you want to hear what a breakbeat sounds like and what what a song that will get every b-boy you've ever met like to dance play the mexican at like a group where you think someone used to break dance if they're like 50 years old they're gonna lose their fucking mind it is not the kind of song you would imagine would play at a battle you put it on everyone loses their mind it is it is so great there's also there's a dewey brother song that works that way there's a handful um mm. the other the only one that they really played we talked about that dewey brothers one before yeah. Without love, <laughs> it's good. Um, then the only other, the only song that they play in this movie that really does get played at every battle is "Time for Some Action" by Redman. Um, you Ooh. hear that at every battle, at every jam, but you never get to the verses. There's a really great break at the start of that song. Um, time, time for some time for some action. They loop that part for like 15 fucking minutes. So you never get to the verses of that song, but like, yeah, that one at least I'm like, okay, this, this more or less fits. Um, but yeah, I will, I will, I got to dig in the crates here and find my old stuff, but I'll, I'll, I'll put a bunch of links to like YouTube videos and stuff of people with some of these breakbeats because it's, it's very much not what you think it is. And I learned that the hard way because when I came to my first jam, I had only been like breaking to um, like Run DMC and LL Cool J and shit, like 80s hip hop, thinking that's what you're supposed to do this to. And I got there and everyone's like, oh, that shit is 
half as fast as you need it to be. That's not going to work at all. You have to, I mean, where's the break in that? Like it's, it's tough. So you, you trial by fire, <laughs> but um, yeah, very few of the songs that are in this movie are appropriate for the kind of battles that we're talking about here. Um, guys, uh, we could talk about this forever. God knows I could. Um, but one of the things that we like to do on this pod is take a look at kind of a, a minor character and see if this movie was the peak of their whole career, the start of big things for them. So it is time for the IMDb deep dive. Uh, this week, we're going to be diving on Malcolm David Kelly, who played Lil Saint. Um, I knew it! It could have been a trillion people because this, this cast is enormous. And very few of them are actual actors. <laughs> so I could have done almost anyone from this yeah. movie. Um, but Lil Saint nope. has a total so far of 43 credits. This was his sixth. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in a few TV shows, including Malcolm in the Middle and Girlfriends. Then he played seven-year-old Antoine Fisher in Antoine Fisher, uh, bef- right before you got served. Um, That's, yeah. 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 There's, a, there's a funny Dave Chappelle sketch about Antoine Fisher. Um, he did more Aww. TV. Yeah. Waka Waka. Uh, he did more TV after this. He was in Eve, Law and Order SVU, My Name is Earl, 34 episodes of Lost as Walt Lloyd. I never watched Lost, but that's a lot of episodes. That's a, oh, that's yeah. A big he was, yeah. He was, he was Harold Perrineau's son, right? Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. Right. yeah. Uh, he did some more TV, like a lot of stuff that's not really worth mentioning, but then he started a music career as part of the pop duo MKTO. Um, they did a whole bunch of videos. So his, his credits are like Lord, like lorded up with a whole bunch of MKTO videos that he was in. Um, he was in the movie Detroit in 2017, which I didn't see, but it looked fucking heavy and sad. Um, yeah. Oh, about the riots. Yeah. Yeah. About the pretty good. Uh, he was in a couple episodes of blind spot. Um, he was in a couple episodes of MTV's insecure, and then he was most recently in something called The Virgin Michael that is now in post-production. Um, so, yeah, started off as a little kid, but he's been pretty consistently oh. acting ever since. That was not MTV's Insecure. That's oh, Issa wasn't? Rae's Insecure. Oh, God. Of course it was Issa <laughs> Rae's Insecure. Fuck me. I'm done as shit. I, I don't remember him personally because I've like seen every episode of Insecure. Yeah. But I'm like, he came... I don't think he's ever one of the guys that's like, she's dated, but... Okay. Okay. Um, Broken pussy. Got it. Um, (laughs) So guys, um, yeah, that does bring us to the end of this episode. And just like the end of the school year, that means 10 handouts and superlatives. Wade is most likely to grow out of hip hop in his twenties and get really into acoustic singer songwriter music. Really feel like he was dabbling in a culture he did not respect or care about. Uh, Hmm. Beautiful is most likely to resent her new nickname on Flavor of Love because she's going to be on Flavor of Love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, fun quick story of Flavor of Love. Um, the women didn't know it was Flavor Flav. <laughs> they, they were on a dating show. Um, I had a friend yes. whose friend uh, made like the final cut and didn't make it onto the show. But the women who were on Flavor of Love were never told who the guy was before the show started. They were told it was like an iconic, legendary rapper. And according to this friend, okay. her friend told her they were very heavily led to believe it was Nelly. <laughs> so like, they were basically told, hey, 
you're gonna be a lunatic when you find out who you're meeting make sure you bring a band-aid and turns out it was flavor Flav when they got there didn't they do like multiple seasons of that show yeah i think after the first well i would assume after the first season they knew but it could have just been them lying every season and getting women to show up for this ugly motherfucker yeah because um, they also did Rock of Love. That was more my speed. They did Rock of Love. Uh, Dave, you'll appreciate this. One of the girls from Rock of Love was a bartender at Bar Louie Naperville. And after she was oh. like three or four weeks on the show, and after she made it home, Bar Louie was charging like 40 bucks for a picture with her behind the bar. I'm like, no, she's a bartender. She made it three weeks on the show. I'm not paying $40 for a picture with this lady. Um, mm. Yeah. Rico to get us back on track here. Rico is most likely to establish the Lil Saint Foundation to keep at-risk youth off the street with the power of dance. For kids who don't read good. That's right. The Derek Zoolander Foundation. (laughs) Leah is most likely to really scare her future husband the first time he has to meet her brother. Elgin is most likely to hold a grudge because he was holding a grudge the whole fucking movie. And David is most likely to meet a girl at the bar and forget that he's supposed to donate an organ tomorrow. He does not appreciate important things that he has to do. He's got one track mind. Not not at all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dana, this next movie is your pick. What are we going to watch next? So I had contemplated sticking in the dance movie theme. I was thinking, let's take the children back to like the 80s and do breaking. But I was like, no, no, let's switch Mm -hmm. it up. Let's switch it up. We'll get there. Um, Going to do one completely out of like left field. Very rare. Not sure if a lot of people are aware of it. Reefer Madness. <laughs> We're gonna do Fear, starring Mark yeah. Wahlberg and Reese Witherspoon. I know nothing of this movie. Really, never heard of this. I'm a transformer. Not Cape Fear, just Fear. There's no teens in that. <laughs> yes, there's a teen I, in Cape Fear. Oh, there's Reese, one. I, I'm your boyfriend, Reese, but I got a dark side. Oh no, Mark Wahlberg. How you doing? How's your mother? Me, How's your mother for me? <laughs> me hitting my chest will make sense if the, if the mic picked it up. Oh, now. is that the? Oh no, I've seen that in something else. Oh, <laughs> I think I think I might know that from uh, the league. Maybe I I know. Mm. No, it's, it's always sunny. It's always sunny. Yeah, there's I think the because I'm rewatching the league right now and it hasn't come up, but I can yeah. see it happening on It's Always Sunny. Yeah, it's, it's so. always sunny. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. I've seen that movie in a long time. Can't wait. Neither have I. My but, God. Uh, yeah, we got Mike and Mark. Say, I need mother for me. You're already doing it. Go down yeah, and dunk yeah. it. Um, oh, my God. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. guys that does it for this week's episode um, if you like what you heard be sure to subscribe rate leave us a five star review you can also follow us on twitter and instagram at recapping gown pod r-e-c-a-p-n-g-o-w-n-p-o-d and join our facebook group the recapping gown fan club um, if you guys feel like dancing join the facebook group this week because i'm going to blow your fucking socks off with a playlist i'm thinking about making a spotify playlist and just linking to that in the in the facebook group but it'll be a lot of like legendary break beats that I think you guys will understand um, the kind of frenetic energy. And then you'll watch this movie and go, Oh, that's what you picked instead. So yeah, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be a fun week in the Facebook group. Um, we'll also keep the discussion going in there all week. So if you guys have any opinions or memories of this movie, we'd love for you guys to jump in and let us know what you think. Uh, but if you didn't like what you heard to quote Elgin, we ain't cool. We ain't boys. We ain't nothing. And that's on my mama. <laughs> Take it easy, millennials. We'll see you next week.